With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Souls on all levels and in all dimensions are on their own evolutionary journey. There is no end point, no specified timing, and no losers. Every soul goes through their own unique experiences, yet we all have much in common. The higher self's evolutionary perspective, then, builds bridges of understanding. Let's move the focus from division and conflict to acceptance and love of ourselves and others. Well, good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, one of my, if not the favorite day of the week. It's actually the favorite day of the week now because I have both my radio show and my meetup group tonight. So it's a wonderful day for me. I so enjoy what I do, love every moment. And today, in in honor of Father's Day, which I believe is this Sunday, if you're from the States, uh, I am doing the male major. And before I do anything, (laughs) the male major, I want to talk to you all about the higher self hustle. Okay. It sounds like maybe a negative term, but actually it's humorous and uh, it's appreciated. Here's what the higher self hustle is. There are many things that someone like me or someone like Joan Culpepper, we are, we see, we understand, we get information that we're going to be working on something, or maybe we don't. And the higher selves, because they know if they just say, well, you need to get, well, let me give you an example. It'll help you understand more. Years ago, um, the higher selves listed for me, I think eight or nine books that I would be writing. (laughs) Okay. Well, it all makes sense to me. One of which, for example, was the evolution of a soul from the mineral through the mineral plant, animal, human, fifth dimensional, and beyond. Well, that's all well and good. I thought to myself, I have information on human soul, not on any of the others. Joan Culpepper did not have you know, any, she didn't bring any information about the evolution of souls back then, only that they were part of the process, maybe a tidbit here or there. But if, if I looked at writing a book on the evolution of the soul from mineral on, it would entail me bringing in all the information, not filling holes or building upon the foundation that John Culpepper gave me. So, for example, my very first book was 80%. 75 to 80% Jones material that I built a little bit on. My second book, Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe, was about 70 to 75% me. And so maybe 65, I, I, I can't say right now, but a lot of that book is mine. It took me four years to write that book. But I had enough of the base. It was so fascinating to me that I couldn't wait to get more information, and I was able to use a lot of stuff that I had brought in from clients, et cetera. Well, now I'm doing 
the third book, which is Jane and Company. And when I think in the back of my mind from time to time about doing the, the book on the soul evolution, it seems overwhelming to bring in a hundred, well, almost a hundred percent of the information starting for almost scratch. I know I can do it, but it is not pressing. It's a book down the line. Well, what the higher selves do, and this is the higher self hustle, is they bring you opportunities to bring in pieces of the information, for example, so that when I get to the point where I'm ready to do that book, I already have quite a few pieces. I'm not starting at scratch, ground zero. I've already built up some information, some process, some, some ideas, some concepts. So, for example, when I went to Asia last year, they took the opportunity when I was there because we were there to see animals in the wild the higher selves started to give me animal soul evolution. And I didn't have my computer because we were very, very limited as to weight in some of our flights. So they, you know, we cut back on everything. So I had to handwrite it all. Well, they have introduced animal evolution to me in other ways too. I had a client who wanted me to work a lot with their animals and so animal evolution came in there and bits and pieces. Well, that's what I call the higher self hustle because they know that I'm not going to sit down and say, oh, you know, today I'm going to get some information on animal evolution or plant evolution because in fact, I have more pressing things to do. So they come around it sort of sideways, giving you the opportunity to get information when you wouldn't otherwise. And this, Joan, it happened, used to happen to Joan in different ways. She, the book I'm writing now is Jane and Company, and it is about the entity work that she did many years ago. It's beyond fascinating, and she was, in, you know, she became part of a process to help with educating the entities on the other side, those who were, had laid aside the body, and the whole thing is so fascinating. But she said all, all along, oh, my gosh, it was the higher self-hustle to the nth degree. Because how did she get involved in it? She got involved in it because a friend of hers had a brother that was really in trouble, had, had decades of problems. And so she asked Joan to help. So Joan did because she was a friend. And it turned out that this brother had an entity attached whose name was Jane. Well, she has said over and over again, I never, ever, the higher self came in and said, oh, well, now you're going to start this group where you're working with the entities and all of this. She said, I never, ever would have done it. They did it around the sideways, didn't tell her what it was going to be all about. She gets into the actual session and it turns out to be so fascinating, so interesting, so helpful that she kept pursuing it. And so that's what the higher self hustle is all about. And the reason I'm telling you is because last month when I did the female nature, which I actually had already garnered quite a bit of information through private sessions and uh, other avenues, I was very comfortable to doing the female nature. I knew it maybe because I'm a female. I knew very well what the patterns, my patterns were. I saw them in clients. I saw similar or some common patterns and clients and et cetera. 
And so it's female nature, no problem. Well, I'm, they said to me, oh, you, you know, it's important. you got to do the male nature next month to honor Father's Day. And I went, oh, okay, without thinking about it. I announce it. I talk about it, or, you know, on my shows. And, oh, my gosh. Turns out it was another opportunity for them to talk to me about the animal kingdom. And so all week since last week, I'm, I do a lot of my, get my information a lot while I'm walking. And so I would go out walking early in the morning because it's cooler then. And I would, I was just being downloaded more, some stuff similar to what I got in Asia, but different stuff too, some new stuff. And I'd, I'd come back and I'd try to take notes on it. And then I'd go out thinking I had it all. And then some more and some more and some more. Even this morning, the higher self gave me another piece. So this is all as background to say that I haven't had time to pull it together in an organized way to create a half an hour show. Most of the time when I talk to you about things, I've talked about the material many times before, and I already have a sense of organization, logical unfolding and all of that. And so this time I'm like flummoxed all week because I'm not sure it's so fascinating the information it all makes sense it all I know it's because it's it's important if you understand some of the animal evolution and some how it affects humanity when the animals evolve into the human kingdom you have a better context of what I'm going to tell you about male nature please understand that this is really the tip of the iceberg in the sense that I can't go into any depth. Oh, gosh. I can't go into any depth because I have such a limited time. Um, and I was going to do a healing at the end of the show, but I really don't think I'm going to get to it. And I have to use my notes. So just as I was nervous about closing my eyes on camera, I've never wanted to use notes because I don't need most of the time I don't need notes, but I think I would be doing you guys a disservice not to have notes because this isn't a, any kind of thing. I've, I've never presented this information, and 90% of it is new this week, or 80% is new this week. So I, I'm going to use my notes. So I apologize, but you're going to get a better show out of it. Um, it's not that I have a problem with people using notes because people use notes all the time when they give talks. But for me, it just, I haven't had to use a lot of notes in this extensive a way other than just to refresh and make sure I haven't left anything out. But this, I really have to use notes. Okay. So there you have it. All right. Now, I talked about the higher self hustle. And <laughs> before I end on, I, I just want to say that it's, it makes me laugh, but they understand who we are. My higher selves know how busy I am. They know I'm not just going to wake up in the morning and say, oh, you know, I'm going to bring in information about mineral evolution. So they bring me the opportunities over and over and again to, to bring in information that's relevant in the moment. And that's, we jokingly say the higher self hustle, but we also appreciate the fact that they do that. I never want to sit down in a year or two's time and say, okay, well, now I'm going to write a book about soul evolution. Where do I begin? At least I'm going to have some foundation there where I can fill in a lot of blanks and things like that. It's much 
much more, less overwhelming prospect than starting with nothing or virtually nothing. So anyway, okay. Now, although science has confirmed, at least it seems to me, that humans have evolved from the animal kingdom. The, there is another perspective here, and that is that the, it's not just the genetics and the physical body. It's also that the soul has evolved from the animal kingdom. In fact, as you probably recall, the soul has evolved from, the, from mineral to plant to animal to human to fifth dimensional, et cetera. Okay? So what I'm looking at is the soul evolution, not the genetic evolution. Okay. Um, okay. Now, this, the reason the higher selves bring up the animal, evolu- animal evolution is because it really has an impact on the humanities. When we first graduate from the animal kingdom to the human kingdom, we are carrying the animal nature. And the journey through the human kingdom is to assimilate the animal nature and move into the purity of the human nature. So, okay, so, all right. Now, this doesn't happen overnight. The journey through the human kingdom takes eons of time, all right? So, in any planet, the planets, planets themselves also haven't, also evolved, guys. So when a planet is evolving, as it evolves, if it's going to house life forms, it will bring on the life forms at the evolutionary frequency level that it that matches it. So when it's a new planet, it just brings on the mineral kingdom and eventually it evolves to the point where it can house the plant kingdom, etc. So when a planet evolves and it gets ready for the human kingdom, it gives birth, so to speak, to humanities that that arrive on the planet are really early level humans. Within each dimension, you have seven levels. And within each level, you have many, many different levels. So it's a long journey. And when a planet finally gets to the point where it's ready to have humanities, it brings in souls who are moving into the human kingdom for the first time will incarnate on that planet. And they're basically raw. It's almost purely animal nature animal nature there is a process that every soul that's moving from the animal to the human kingdom goes through and there is some education done at the soul level to prepare souls for move to move into the human kingdom but they're pretty raw they're pretty much animal nature and they haven't assimilated it or or taken on or learned about the human nature as yet so it means that, for the most part, the animal behaviors get played out uh, on, within the early human kingdom, and, it, and, and they continue because it takes time to assimilate the totality of the animal nature. Now, this happens for both the males and the females, but because I already had information, I never got the effect of the animal kingdom on the humanities. But after the show, on the females, but after the show, I'm telling you, I think all of you are going to understand. You're going to look at it. And you're going to look at the animal kingdom, see the female role throughout, especially the more evolved animals, um, and see, you can see from a lot of that, you're going to see, oh, you know, that, that kind of reminds me of how females play out. I'm not talking about that today. So anyway, 
So what about the animal nature or animal behaviors that are relevant for this show? First of all, the, there's a fight for dominance. There is struggles and competition, power struggles, because, uh, okay, especially in the males. Often in the males, you find the male body is bigger. The males are the heavy hitter, hitters. We have, they're the ones who struggle over, uh, do the struggle or the competition between other males so that they can maintain their, you know, keep their mates. They're also the ones that uh, compete or um, there's, pro whenever there's an interloper that comes in, they're the ones often that will fight the fight to keep the interlopers in, out. Um, so they're struggling for territory. They're struggling for mate. It's often done with competition, with uh, battles. You know, you've seen many nature shows, as I have, or on the Internet. You know, you see them all the time where we have the alpha males fighting each other. <clears throat> and so you have a, a great deal of this idea of dominance and power struggles moving in from the animal kingdom into the human kingdom. Now, what else? Uh, well, I kind of talked about this already. There's struggles for, for, dom for uh, status. There's struggles for position. Um, there's uh, competitive uh, behaviors. I kind of said this. You have fights between males within a group. A lot of groups, the males that aren't you know, the younger males, they are solitary. They go off on their own or they have a group on their own. They stay out of the main, whatever the animal pack is. Not always. Every animal group plays it out slightly differently. But there is a lot of this competition, a lot of the battles, a lot of struggle, a lot of conflict. And it's for territory, which is food resources. It's for uh, mates, et cetera. Um, I'll tell you what else. There's also throughout the animal kingdom, the journey is the predator and prey. Okay. So you're either a predator or you're prey, not always, but often and many, many times. And, and every animal plays out both roles in many different types of groups or animal groups. So the, what, what, all the animals know, especially the more advanced animals, is the more, that the more weak you are, the more vulnerable you are, the more you're target for predators. So it's the young, the old, the injured, the sick, and all the predators are trained, aren't they? They have the eye. They're able to spot who in the herd, let's say you're some sort of lion or, or hyena or any kind of predator, you you see where the weak the weaker is you want to find the vulnerable and you're trained that way if you're the prey you also are very aware and what happens in the prey level of animal behavior is that that patterns and and behaviors of protecting the weak protecting the young helping the injured you know, maybe, you know, I think elephants, they surround the young. If they have predators coming at them, they surround the young to keep them safe inside the, you know, like creating a circle around them, circling the wagon, so to speak. There's all sorts of 
protection behaviors that have come into play in the animal kingdom. So you have both of that, both of those things, and many others. Just remember, again, I'm just giving you the tippiest tip to be aware of. How does this play? Now, what I haven't talked about at all is the main overriding animal evolution and what the whole point of that is. But I'm not talking about animal evolution today. But what I'm talking about is how does this affect the male nature? Okay, well, so as the animals, you know, move into the human kingdom, as I said, they're pretty raw. They begin to play out animal behavior in the human kingdom, all right? Now, in the animal level, much of it, much of the behavior is determined by genetics, by instincts. There are certainly social uh, uh, social knowledge where, you know, if you're in the wolf pack, you, you learn various levels, you learn the status, you, you learn how to interact, you know how to show uh, dominance, you know, you know how to show submission, all sorts of things in the advanced animals, you, ha- you have those kind of things. So um, in, the, in the humanities, roles are, more, are also defined, and more greatly so with cultures and societies, belief systems, things like that traditions. And so it's, it is definitely expanded over the, over the animal kingdom. Um, but I just want to bring to your attention that in the early days in the human kingdom, the definitions were extremely limited because the societies were extremely limited. So in the early days, let's say you have the, you know, quote unquote caveman days, you have the males are the stronger. They're physically bigger. They take on the heavy hitting kind of roles, the dominant roles. They're dominant over the females, et cetera. I'm going to get into this more. Um, but there were few possibilities. The, they were hunters. They were warriors. They were territory protectors, that, that sort of thing. And so but now, in the culture now, it's hard to think, because in the culture now, whether you're male or female, you have a tremendous amount of choice, a tremendous amount of diversity and variety and possibility that you didn't have for so many of the lifetimes in the early evolutionary days. Now, keep in mind, as fifth dimensional, we went through this so many billions of eons ago, but we since graduated into the fifth dimension, and now we're returning and going through the human kingdom again, we're not going through a process of learning the human nature. I just want to remind you we're going in a process of remembering because we've been taking on all those beliefs and hurts and traumas at the fourth dimensional level, and we're carrying those energetics just like all the humanities are, the true humans, and what we did when we were human. So we, too, carry a lot of those same traditions, beliefs, actions, behaviors, hurts, wounds, everything. So what I'm saying here really relates to us as well because we, even though we may not be at the early human frequency, we've all incarnated in those kind of societies and cultures as fifth dimensionals carrying the dual soul nature. We've all incarnated there because why? We want to help with their evolutionary process, whatever whatever it might be at that point. So we still carry a lot of this stuff and we're just spending time now releasing and removing it. Okay, so 
I just want to say, yes, we have a lot of variety and choices today. Um, there isn't so much sexually oriented rules. For example, when I was growing up, I was one of five daughters. There wasn't a truck in the house. There was never any discussion about careers. <laughs> there was never any discussion about trucks or trains or anything that would be sort of masculinely, masculine, masculinely oriented. No discussion about going to war, about being a soldier, none of that. It was all female-based. But yet when I had my daughter, there were books on trucks and trains, and I had trucks and trains. I took her to, you know, building sites, construction sites, you know, all of that. Nowadays, we encourage our daughters to be firemen, policemen, soldiers. We encourage our sons to be ballet dancers and artists and whatever, hairdressers, because we have the choice today. But understand this is relatively new and we're still carrying these limitations at the soul level. We still need to release and neutralize all of that uh, at some point, even though it doesn't seem relevant. It is still important. Okay. So. Now, men, let's get to the male nature specifically now. Men are oriented toward dominance. They're bigger, stronger. They've gone through many lives um, as the heavy hitters. They're the, the hunters. They're the heavy lifters. They build the houses. They build the shelters. They are there the warriors, the soldiers, all of that. They, you know, we've been involved in so many lives where we've been the heavy hitters. A um, lot of competition. We're involved in warfare or com competition, whether it's um, between individuals or between villages, between whatever. We are the fighters, we, we, meaning the male nature. The males are the fighters. And they also tend to be, because they're dominant, physically stronger, they tend to take on the dominant role. There certainly are uh, female matriarchies. There certainly are, but they're in the minority on this planet. And in general, they're in the minority because if you're the heavy hitter, you get more say. So if you're the one that's hunting and getting the food or saving your family from the marauders from the neighboring tribe, you get respect, you get more say. And so males also became the leaders of the governing bodies, whether it was a tribal council or any kind of other type of governing body, even the spiritual authorities, the, the males became the ones that had the say, all right? That's how it evolved through, you know, from the animal nature, the men moved into the human kingdom, or when you were, were a man playing out in the human kingdom, you often got those kind of heavy hitter rules, those dominant places, the higher status, uh, the higher power. Um, they did a lot of struggle and they did it, uh, you know, for the territory, for their family, for food, for, and, and issues come up of, you know, the struggle to be, stay at the top. You see in many animal places where staying the alpha male, whether you're a elephant seal or you're a wolf, 
involves a lot of fights. Well, that got brought in to the human kingdom as well. And you have, you see the struggle for dominance, for power, for status, ongoing, for territory, for mates, all of that kind of thing got brought right into the human kingdom. And you see as a result, a lot of man's inhumanity to man. Please understand it's what those souls were were familiar with, were comfortable with, believed was, was important. So the it's not about judging or criticizing that behavior. It's about understanding it. Um, okay. So what patterns do men, oh gosh, I'm almost at the end of time. What do we see in men as a result? Well, first of all, we see burden patterns because men were put in charge of so many things, getting food, keeping, uh, keeping the family or the village safe. They were in charge of protection, keeping the vulnerable safe. And this was a big burden. There was not a developed sense of responsibility, a developed sense of realizing that females also can carry responsibility, can also be part of the food, you know, getting food and all of that. And that stuff kept, kept, would come in as the humans evolved. And so it's not like we don't have it now. I mean, obviously we have it now. But all those lifetimes where there weren't really developed concepts about responsibility and there was just a lot of burden. Um, they also, when they seem to fail, their job. Let's say they're a big hunter, the family's almost starving, you go out to hunt and you don't get anything. You can come back with a sense of failure and shame. When you carry such a big responsibility on your shoulders, trust me, there'll be many times where you feel like you failed that, and you're ashamed. You didn't, you didn't meet the challenge. You weren't able to take care of the vulnerable. And you would have seen people die. You would have seen people be hurt or get sick or ill. So uh, there are many patterns that men carry that feel the burden and also feel the shame and also the self-doubt and the self-criticism belief systems that they didn't do what they needed to do. Okay. Now, they also, this competition pattern, this this competing for resources, for mates and all of that, very alive and well today, even in our society, we see it play out a lot in sports, which is a certainly more healthy than killing someone off or having duels like we used to see. Um, uh, we, you know, we've seen this person to person type competition many, many places or village versus village. It's, it becomes a, it's a dominant behavior pattern. We, we all carry it. Men, really extreme. And what you find here is sometimes you find people who go into that kind of lifestyle and it becomes part of their self-identity. And you see it with sports figures, for example, with, with it's not only men, of course, but I'm talking about the male nature. So you see a guy who's fabulous at you know, he goes through, gets a Heisman Trophy, you know, he goes through all the sports things, and then he goes to, you know, he's in the second or third year of pro whatever, whatever the sport, and he injures himself and can't play anymore. And a lot of people, a lot of people who have, who's a sport, for example, has dominated their lives, 
they don't know who they are without it. It's a self-identity that's taken on. And when they lose that ability, the self-identity is no longer there and they can fall into despair. So you do find um, this kind of pattern where we're so used to, at the male level, we're so used to competing and uh, having our self-esteem, our self-worth, our self-value being determined by how we are in this competitive world. It also plays out in competing for the higher rungs in a company, say, in a government. It, it's competition is everywhere throughout the society. And this is comes indirectly. It's part of the, the evolvement, so to speak, of the competition in the, in the um, animal kingdom. Now, there can be, uh, there's also this. This goes back to the idea of the weaker animals are the vulnerable ones. And so you develop um, a very good understanding in the animal kingdom of finding those, vulner those vulnerable ones. You can spot them. If you're the predator, you can spot them. If you're part of the prey, you know. You know who's most vulnerable to the predators. So coming out of that predator-prey scenario is the idea of both being the fear of being vulnerable and the protection of the vulnerable. So men, because they play out more the protective role, they are also very careful about showing any weakness, any vulnerability, and they have a difficult time. Sometimes now, a day, thank goodness, men are encouraged to cry, men are encouraged to talk about their feelings. But for eons of lifetimes, the hiding of vulnerability was very important. You can't show that you're vulnerable. You're in the middle of a court kind of thing, like in um, a, the court, uh, you know, in a king, say, and you're, you're moving up the ranks of within the kingship, so to speak. You can't be vulnerable because you'll be attacked, betrayed, um, somebody will use you or manipulate you or find use you as a scapegoat. So being vulnerable in this world of competition, no. So men have a tradition coming from necessity, coming from originally from the animal nature, and then coming through the evolutionary process in the human kingdom, which started very much to mirror the uh, the behavior of the animal kingdom, of course, it kept growing and expanding as the humanities on a planet keep evolving and moving up and, and, and et cetera. So, but it still plays out in the more subtle ways within, say, sports or uh, work or a government kind of situation, a ruling situation, the hierarchy thing, who's the most dominant, who has the most status, who's in more who can control more of whatever needs to be controlled. So you see this playing out and you, and as a result, men have had the, because they are the dominant ones, the stronger ones, the heavy hitters, they have this, this tendency never to want to show vulnerability. And as women, don't we love it when men show vulnerability? We do because it gives us permission to be vulnerable and not just labeled. Oh, you know, you're just, weak or whatever the label might be. So it is a, it is, I was going to do the healing on all of these issues for the guys. And it's 
over time and if I start it now, but maybe next week I can do a healing on the male nature. It won't be long. Uh, I don't know what else I'll do, but maybe I'll get more information. You never know with this higher self hustle. Um, they might give me some more information. But, but in any case, it is really, I think you can see how if you look at the animal kingdom and their behavior, their societies, especially the more evolved animals, I mean, obviously it's hard to relate to relate it to amoeba or um, coral or something like that. But you can see in the more highly evolved animals, a lot of this behavior, uh, that you, and you can parlay it up a few evolutionary levels and see it play out in the human kingdom, where now we uh, have more consciousness, more awareness, not much in the beginning, you know, um, not much in the early days of humanity, but we have come a long way. And what we have done is part of the human journey is to understand that that we are all equal, that we're all deserving, we're all capable, we all have different gifts and talents, and we all deserve a voice. And that's where we're moving toward in the human evolution. That's what the fifth dimensionals here are trying to remember, okay? But all the competition, the dominance, the fighting, the power struggles, status, the struggle for status, can be replaced with and is being replaced with caring, respect, sharing, understanding, and acceptance, and of course, love. It takes time for all of that to move in. And what we see on the planet now is we see in the humanities that, that are the true human, we see the there are souls here that are at many different levels within the evolutionary frequency of human. And the goal for all of us is to help everyone move up, no matter what level they're on, is to help them move up a, a step or five, whatever. So I just, I don't know. We're on a journey here, and we're helping people. And I love all of you for being part of my journey. <laughs> Until next week, oh, if you need to get in touch with me for any reason, it's jvvmrichmond at gmail.com please do Not a few reach out from time to time but I'm really open and encourage you to reach out so I do have a you know I never talk about it I do have a website but it's closed down now it closed down not because I didn't pay for the domain or the hosting um, there is other reasons I've been having a lot of trouble with it and I haven't had to get, I haven't been able to get it fixed. It's been really problematic and I don't, so I never talk about it, but I do have a beautiful website where you could get more information from me. But meanwhile, you can send me an email or you can go on to Amazon, find my two books, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprint, you can, Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe, they're on Kindle, they're available in paperback, you can get them on, uh, I don't know, a lot of other places, and I have the radio show, which I've been doing since 2011, and you can get it on your iPhones, 
you go to Higher Self Voice Radio, Higher Self Voice Radio, and I think you see my show starting in 2014. Now, there's another thing you put in for 2011 through 13, but no worries. You don't have to go back and listen to them all, and they're very long, and you can just pick out what ones you want to listen to. They're all free. Hey, or you can contact me, and you can get, I did, um, I've, do, I've done three series for my meetup group. They're all available to those of you who never went. They're all available. You will get the handouts that I give every single week. You will get the recording of the actual meetup. So it's almost as if you're in the meetup. The, however, you won't, if there's a participatory kind of healing, you won't be able to participate. But, hey, you can get information a lot of ways, even though my website is down. Anyway, I really, really appreciate each and every one of you. I wish you a good week, and maybe next week I'll do the healing on the male nature. I'm just not sure what I'm going to do next week. I'm kind of flummoxed by this week, so we'll see. But it'll be something. And, again, thanks so much. And with that, I'm going to end the show. Janet is a catalytic artist, an award-winning author, a radio show host, and a healer. You can find her on her website, HigherSelfVoice.com, also on Amazon, Kindle, Facebook, YouTube, and on the podcast app on your smartphone. To reach her with questions or for a healing session, her email address is jvvmrichmond at gmail.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.